In a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes cost much more than dollars, we bring you expertise from around the world to ensure that everyone goes home safe every day. The internationally acclaimed Oil & Gas HSE podcast starts now with your host, Russell Stewart. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to what Feats.com has said is one of the top 10 oil and gas podcasts to follow. That's thanks to you and also the quality of our guest, with today's show being a perfect example of such. Uh, before I introduce my guest, I need to remind you that this top 10 show is made possible by our sponsor, KnowledgeVine. KnowledgeVine is the leader in human performance improvement training and technologies. If you want to learn more about the most advanced safety technology adapted from the human performance principles of the nuclear and aviation industries, then check out their book entitled Remedy, the Formula for an Evolving Human Performance Culture. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever you buy your books online. However, for a limited time and while supplies last, my listeners can get a free copy of the book if you reach out to me on LinkedIn and request it. All right, today my guest on the show is Robert, is it Richards? It's Richard. I'm from Louisiana. Oh, okay. Well, we'll talk about that in just a minute. Okay, okay. So, Rob, you're the QHSE North America Manager for Halliburton. Is that right? That is correct. Well, thanks for coming on the show today. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So, we already know you're from, and you must be from south of that line or whatever they have right, in, right. In, in Louisiana. Yeah, south of I-10. I'm from Lafayette, Louisiana, born and raised there. So, happily married to my wife and uh, two sons, uh, 16 and 11. So, yeah, I went to the Louisiana Lafayette, where I completed a degree in uh, industrial technology. You know, in my spare time, my two boys keep me busy. How old are they? 16 and 11, so my oldest is going to be a junior in high school. He get his driver's license? Oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> I've got a 15-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter. We're going through that right now. Right, right. It's a whole different level of worry, right? Exactly, absolutely. <laughs> But no, they keep me busy. My oldest son's actually a competitive shotgun shooter, so he does sport and clays. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so we do some traveling across the U.S., participating in events. And my little one, uh, my youngest boy, he's getting into golf. So, Oh, boy. Yeah. You know, I always say the most expensive sport, right? Shooting and, and playing <laughs> yeah, golf. Yeah, you're right. You have a point there, that's, that's right. for sure. So, Rob, we're here at Halliburton's headquarters in Houston, Texas. But you live in Louisiana I live still? in Louisiana, yes. Yeah. So I'm based in Lafayette, work out of our Sperry drilling facility. And yeah, just I travel quite a bit, you know, support North America. I could be up in Williston, North Dakota tomorrow and then back in Lafayette the next day. So I uh, do a lot of traveling just to support uh, operations across the U.S. And this is onshore and offshore? Onshore and offshore, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. So from Alaska, you know, across western Canada, all of the lower 48, U.S. and uh, deep water Gulf of Mexico. Okay. Well, everybody knows who Big Red is, so we don't have to talk about that. The reason I wanted to have you on the show, Rob, and we just had somebody from Halliburton on the show just a few weeks ago. We had John Saner, who's over CI, conti yeah, yep. continuous improvement. But then when I was here talking to John and also one of the other guys, media guys, Terrence, Halliburton was the recent, and I also saw this on LinkedIn or somewhere, 
But Halliburton was the recent recipient of the National Ocean Industries Association. That's NOIA, for those who are familiar with that. But NOIA's 2023 Safety Practice Award. Mm -hmm. I thought that was quite an honor. And so I told Terrence, the guy who, you know, sets me up on these things, I said, I got to talk to your safety people about this, you know. Let's talk about what this award is all about and why Halliburton received it. Yeah, so the Safety Practice Award recognizes specific technologies, approaches, you know, methods or projects that companies are working on really to improve safety. We've participated in many forums over the years, and this is an opportunity for us to highlight the efforts within the organization, you know, where we're focused on really getting everyone home safely every day. That's the theme of this show, just listen to the intro. That's right. That's the main objective. You know, how you come to work, we want you to get those individuals home the same way. So we took the opportunity to participate in submitting, you know, what we've been working on for the last couple of years. And it's around our risk management, kind of taking a holistic approach of how do we manage hazards and risk in our business every day? We work in, you know, a very dynamic industry. Our folks are faced with many different challenges every day. So it was an opportunity for us to highlight, again, all the efforts that we've been working on for the last three years. And just to kind of level set what that is, so we have what we call our journey to zero. You know, we at Halliburton, safety is our number one priority. So we embarked on this journey to zero, you know, many, many years ago, where every year we come up with different strategies, both tactical and strategic, to kind of advance some of the efforts that if it's from how do we conduct pre-job meetings to the processes, the standards, everything that supports what we do every day. This being a critical aspect in what I call risk management, from a safety and service quality perspective, they really work hand in hand. We took an opportunity to really step back and say, okay, how do we manage? What's that risk management life cycle? What does that look like, you know, from start to finish? So we assembled a team of SMEs within the organization from all different geographies. Okay, SME. Subject matter experts. Okay. So the technical resources. Now, these were Halliburton employees or you went outside? No, we used internal Halliburton employees, you know, from all different geographies, as I mentioned. Some were, you know, product line experience, you know, from different product lines that we have. in. Okay, so you took the experts from the product lines because these are the guys. They do it every day. Right. right? So we took a bit of that and then also, you know, naturally some leadership support as well, right? Had leadership buy-in and and also the HSESQ team as well, right? So what we did, we essentially kind of mapped out, you know, where do we want to be? Where do we want to take this? And when we talk about risk management, we manage risk every day, right? And everything we do, whether it's, you know, in your personal life or if it's on the job. So what we found was there's many different approaches to identifying hazards, right? And There's not one that's better than the other, or there's not one that could completely eliminate hazards out of your organization. But what we found was we need to get consistent on how we do that, right? So consistency drives reliability. So we came up with, you know, what we call our 10 key hazards, and it's essentially where do you start to identify if it's a gravity issue, if it's a biological issue, electrical hazard, right? How do you go about identifying what those hazards are? And then more importantly, how do you control those hazards or mitigate them? So we started there with kind of that alignment. And then ultimately that transitioned into, 
okay, we identify those hazards. You know, we come up with risk assessments, JSAs, job safety analysis. That's a term that's been used in the industry for many, many well, years. Well, sure, right? yeah, right. Historically, you know, job safety analysis was just a bunch of information written on a paper, individual supervisor, typically of the crew, would stand up there and just kind of read off that information. What we found was a lot of the individuals that are participating in that task may not be fully engaged, right? It's just kind of the run of the mill. We do this it's every day. It's about like the flight attendant saying, you know, here's how you put your seatbelt on or whatever. Exactly, right. How many people are really paying attention right, to right. that? So we said we need to switch that up a bit. The second piece to that is how we run these conversations. It was left up to the experience of the supervisor, you know, that individual <laughs> may be a good communicator, may not be a good communicator, may be personal, may not be. So every meeting's different, right? Held different. So we said, you know what? We're going to give you kind of some key tactics on how to run that meeting, right? Just some key things on how you have a good conversation with your crew. So you train them how to coach. We're training them how to coach, all right, how to have a good discussion. And what's different there is, as I mentioned earlier, we would typically rely on that supervisor to Run through the meeting, you own it, right? We change that up a bit to where it's more of a two-way conversation. That supervisor doesn't need to think about everything now. He's going to ask specific questions that are going to prompt conversation. And that individual, whoever has to answer, now has to think, right? And the big thing that, you know, when you look at safety, a lot of people make decisions in that moment that they think they're making that right decision. It's based off of their training. It may be based off of a process. And oftentimes what we find is maybe they just didn't think about that, right? They didn't think about that. So what we call our five checks to go, and that's kind of a subset of our risk management process as a whole, a uh, key component. But five checks to go discussion is really five key components. We're going to review the plan and we're going to talk about the plan. And me as a supervisor, I'm not going to tell you exactly how we're going to do it. I'm going to ask you, hey, can you... John or Jim, can you explain to me what's our plan for this task? And that individual has to then switch on critical thinking, right? He's putting me on the spot. Now I have to relay how we're going to do this. Second piece is verifying readiness, right? Are we ready to go to work? Do we have the right resources we need from a equipment perspective, from a training and competency perspective, right? We can ask questions about you know, the competency, the training of that individual. Have you ever done this task before? So it drives that conversation, which is important. The third thing is what's different. Things constantly change. I mean, you know, from South Louisiana, it can be sunshine today and or right now and in an hour. And, and lightning like lightning crazy and, and, and wind right. blowing like. Right. And the sun may still be out, right? But yeah. that is something that's different. So things constantly change, you know, on location when we're doing, you know, frack operations or, you know, when we're running a BHA down below the rotary, things constantly change, right? And with that change brings hazards, right, or potential hazards. So that's kind of the third piece. Let's talk through what's different, and then we move into the fourth step, and that's validating controls, right? Have we put the right controls in place? Have we walked the line, verified that we have valves aligned correctly before we move fluid, as an example? So it's making sure that the right controls are in place lockout equipment if we need to, then we move into the final checks, right? And that's where we as a team, just like a football team in a huddle, they all get together, they talk about what we're fixing to do, the play we're going to run. Everybody understands, gives a nod, and then we go and execute the play. 
It's the same thing. And really the ultimate concept is starting work is not step one. There's things you need to do before you start work. Plan the work and then work the plan. That's exactly right. So another key component and what we found was, you know, we rolled out these programs. And and so you said you got your degree in? Industrial technology. Okay. How did that translate into safety? Yeah. So, I mean, a big part of the iTech curriculum, you know, you have a bit of the safety component, quality control as well. I actually started my career in the field, right? So I started out at Halliburton. Worked in the shop, started in the shop, and then ultimately moved out into the field. And then I I had a desire for quality control. Yeah, and I really like how companies like Caliburton, and I interviewed the guy from Worley here a few months ago, Britt Howard. I don't know if you know him. They put this quality with HSE now. Absolutely. It works hand in hand, right? But just to kind of fast forward, worked my way through quality and then ultimately, you know, moved into the kind of the safety aspect. And It's been a pleasure. I mean, again, you kind of see how processes, you know, intertwine with what we do every day. And do we have the right controls, the right mechanisms to control the work? They work hand in hand. Well, you've done your homework because these five things you just, it almost sounds like the five principles of human performance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ties right into that. You've done some, somebody's done some research or whatever. We've done a lot of work around how do we... You know, when you talk about the human performance aspect of it, again, I go back to the decision making, right, in that moment, because there's a lot of things that, you know, feed into that person making that decision, right? So it's really simplifying it right before they begin a task. And it doesn't have to be a formal meeting per se, because I use this personally at home as well, and my kids know this. Oh, that's... Yeah, they know five checks to go, trust me. <laughs> One of the ones that KnowledgeVine uses is the acronym STOP, and it's STOP, THINK, ACT. Yeah, yeah, and and then review, mm-hmm. you know, and I've taught that to my grandchildren. That's right, that's right. Yeah, it's a simplified it's star, way. star, not STOP, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but it's a simplified way, you know, for an individual to walk themselves through what we're fixing to do and for the team to do that, right? One of the things we teach in in the training is through all these steps, and I mentioned changing from supervisor-led to now we're going to ask open-ended questions to drive conversation. It's walk me through it, right? So as I mentioned, here's the plan. We're going to go rig this valve up and we're going to pump fluid. Walk me through how we're going to do that. Let's do a dress rehearsal. That's right. That thought process in that moment, now we're going to go to work, right, after that is crucial, right? It's crucial. And the feedback that we're getting, you know, from primarily our supervisors is, hey, this has changed my conversations completely with my crew. And it gives me an opportunity to really gauge their understanding of what we're fixing to do. So it's taking some of that burden off of those individuals and spreading the burden across the whole crew. And it's yielded. It's yielded, you know, some performance improvements for us, both on the safety and service quality side. It's a journey, as with many programs. We've had the opportunity to share this at different industry forums, NOIA being one. We've shared it at the Center for Offshore Safety. Um, And we continue to do that, right, because safety is not proprietary. You know, all the things that we as an organization and an industry, you know, we look at it as a family, right? We're all in this together together. Halliburton to succeed. We want everyone in the industry to succeed. And we can only do that through the lens of safety, right? 
That little expression right there was worth the ticket you paid to get on the show to listen to the show today. Safety is not proprietary. That is a great line. And in fact, it segues into uh, actually something I wanted to ask you about. Where do you see the industry in general going? I mean, there's some people who have the attitude that years ago, you know, we didn't care about safety in oil and gas. That's really not necessarily true. I got a guy whose grandfather was, you know, on rigs back in the 30s and 40s, and he worked for a company for 20 or 30 years, and he showed me his grandfather's award for safety, you know. We are getting farther along in our journey, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, if I look back, I mean, I've been in the industry over 20 years, and, you know, if I look back and when I started in the industry, the things we have in place today, the processes you know, the tools, the automation, the digitalization that's occurred, where we use the term hierarchy of control, right? Engineering controls, how do we eliminate, and it's all related to hazards, right? How do we eliminate the hazard, engineer it out, substitute it, you know, and that to me is how the industry has transitioned over the years. We focused more on not just putting another process in place or, hey, make sure you wear your PPE. Yeah. It's how do we eliminate that hazard altogether or do something different to where we don't present that hazard to the frontline folks, right? That actually is risk management 101, by the way. No doubt. And I think we, over the years, have gotten much better as an industry with that, right? You look at the deep water, you know, rigs that are out there working today, there's so much automation that occurs, right? And there's boundaries where if you break the boundary, it sets off alarms, right, 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 to keep individuals out of the red zone. And those types of things are just, I think, continuing. And that's going to be kind of the next, I think, the next phase for us as we move forward is how much more can we do, right? Automate or remove line of fire type incidents, hands and fingers, right? We do everything, everything with our hands sure. and fingers. What's that next evolution, right, to engineer out some of those risks or change the way we do things? Well, kudos to Halliburton because not only did you have to make this commitment, you have to be willing to invest as well, right? This is going on a three-year journey for us where, you know, we have each year we look at the strategy and we as a team define what are the next steps, where we're going to go from here. And Well, that was my next question. I mean, do you ever get to the point in safety? So you got this award, this really nice award here, and here's the reasons why now you've arrived and you just stay there? No, it's never ending, right? We focus on this every day. I mean, everything we do. The award is nice, and we are, you know, ecstatic to receive the award for our efforts, but that's not the end, right? We have to continue to look for ways to execute, you know, on the strategy, execute on these items that we identify every year. We have a lot of new people coming into the industry. Yeah, and how do you train these people? What are you doing about that? So that's part of, you know, their onboarding process. Okay. Um, this is a key component of it. And we want to get people off on the right foot, right, for lack of a better term. And it's part of our management system, part of the training and competency programs we have. But it's really about, you know, the execution of it real time, right? And our supervisors, you know, our leadership teams, really supporting it on the front line because that's ultimately where this ends up, right? It's our front line folks. It's protecting them. So that's been quite an undertaking is getting that out to all of the thousands of people that we have working on the front line for them to really resonate what it means and how they see themselves in it. We've done a lot of training, not just web-based training, but in-person training where we're 
bringing these individuals and walking through situations. So it helps, you know, advance that experience base, right? Because, you know, over the different cycles in the industry, you know, we've lost some experience base and, you know, we've got to continue to evolve processes and systems and how we bring that experience base back. So, yeah, that is one of the challenges going back to the SMEs. You're that's hiring right. a lot of people who aren't SMEs. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the challenge. Well, Rob, this is very impressive to me. I really appreciate I know you don't get to Houston very often. I really appreciate you. I actually spend a lot of time in Houston. Do you spend a lot of time here? <laughs> I do. Well, I appreciate you coming from Lafayette to here and taking the time to talk to me and to talk to our OGGN audience. Again, my regular listeners know I have this saying. They, they probably get tired of me saying it, but it's I have this old saying, he who tooteth not his own horn may never hear his own horn tooted. Uh, <laughs> And I don't mind tooting my horn, (laughs) and I don't mind tooting the horns of my guests who come on. And again, the fact that we have been rated in the top 10 of all oil and gas podcasts to follow is something that I'm proud of, but it's because I'm able to get people like you to come on the show. So again, I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate you coming on the show. Before we get off of here, anything else you want to, I mean, while we got you on here, I want to get as much out of you as I can. Yeah, no, look, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on here and really continue to share, you know, as I mentioned, this is not proprietary and, you know, we all learn from each other every day. So we may make that the title of this show. (laughs) Safety is not, yeah. So, yeah, I appreciate those opportunities to really share our journey and hopefully it could potentially help another company or save that next individual from having an incident. That's ultimately my goal when I wake up every day is I worry about every employee that's out there working. So it's getting those individuals home safely to their families every day is my number one objective when I wake up to come to work. So I appreciate that. And that ought to be all our, as I tell You know, this show isn't just for what they call, quote unquote, HSE professionals, because everybody should be an HSE. I mean, everybody should be interested in in HSE. Okay, Rob. Well, we're going to get out of here. As always, again, thanks to everybody out there for listening. Please tell your friends to listen. Post us on LinkedIn, your other social media. Leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or there's a review link in the show notes. And please tune in again next week for another episode of Knowledge Vines OGG and HSE podcast. Knowledge Vine is your dependable partner for full-service human performance and safety consulting, Knowledge Vine, error reduction that works. Discover more about Knowledge Vine by finding in the show notes its website, link, and other contact information. Please reach out to me on LinkedIn for any show suggestions on topics or guests, or if you're looking for a speaker, or if you want to copy the book. And we'll see you next time. Tune in next week for another engaging episode of the Oil & Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.